This is Vanity Projects with Laura and Charles. You're completely naked and tied up on your knees. You're scared of what I may do to you, but you're also aroused and desire me with every fiber of your being. I'm wearing a black lacy bra and a thong and black leather stilettos. I walk toward you, my panties now parallel to your face. You drool for me. You stick your tongue out. You want so badly to taste me, but you know the rules. Unless you take pain for me, you can only look and not touch. You beg me to let you kiss my big, juicy ass. I'll allow it, but only if I can step on your cock. So I called Vic Sanic, who I was under contract to Fox, and I said, look, I don't know exactly uh, what kind of actress you're looking for in this role, but I was thinking if a guy was going to change his sex and wanted to be like a movie star type of girl, don't you think he might want to look like me? Erotic. Hey, we are back, 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 back again. Woo! Got more yes gods than the Vatican. <laughs> <laughs> What's that from? Um, Alyssa Edwards. And just for the record, lady boy. <laughs> Song. Got more yes gods than the Vatican. Isn't that? It's kind of great. It's so fabulous. <laughs> I'm, um, today we're talking about uh, a book and a movie that potentially answers all of our questions. When I look back on my life. Yeah. About the world. Oh God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's the, it's like almost the perfect encapsulation of everything Vanity Project wants to do. No one cares. Yes. So, wow. And <laughs> what do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, we've been dancing around some of these topics for a long time. It's weird to discover a book that's like, quite frankly, so old. Yeah. That um, that somehow is like a premonition of of what's still to come. I think. Right. Right. Like it. it really in terms is... of our study, or in terms of the world's trajectory. Yeah, I'm almost. I feel a bit stupid saying this, but it feels <laughs> it feels like it almost. Um, you know, it's of our current time rather yeah. than the time it was made. But that's actually quite a innocuous thing to say because the seventies was a time where things that have come to life now mm. were sort of brewing. Right. And this was actually just responding to phenomena that originated from that time. Right. right? When I look right. back I on my life. I don't know how to articulate that, but Right. It's um you can't say it's ahead of its time because instead we're just living out the realities of the eventuations of the you know bohemians and thinkers and dreamers of the 70s <laughs> yes exactly and the book that we're going to be talking about is um is the new testament <laughs> <laughs> revelations yes revelations yeah well, we had some this, revelations this many many a revelation in this book <laughs> it's called myra breckenridge and it's by gore vidal um, myra breckenridge we got um, matching copies um. <laughs> yeah, I hunted far and wide for the for the copy with the introduction by Camille Paglia. Um, should we start with Camille Paglia and um, and <laughs> and I guess we've both read some Paglia in the past. Yes. 
that was an entry point. Like, you've had this copy lying around for a long time. Yeah, I ordered this at the same time that I ordered my copy of Sexual Persona during mm. one of the lockdowns, because I mm. thought I would get... And I started reading it, but I got lost. I was so lost. I had I had heard of the movie and, of course, my transgender film studies of yesteryear. Yes, yes. Um, but never watched it, because I knew it was, quote-unquote, problematic. <laughs> right, right. And you obviously embrace problematizations now. Well, now... Way that you didn't when you were a no, transgender teen. I think it's so actually important for me to embrace the problem, the problematic of this novel. You yes, know? exactly. Um, what was your don't be afraid? Interest, what was be not afraid? What be was not afraid. Your interest in the in the story. My interest in the story. I think I came at it um, through the film first. Uh, encountered the film. I think probably I discovered it because Mae West is in it, and then. Um, awesome. watched the film and was like, Laurie, no, you don't understand. This film was made for us. <laughs> um, which probably means it was also made for you. <laughs> and um, and I recommended it to Laurie. And then, of yeah. course, you let me know that it's actually a book. The weird thing is, um, okay, this could totally be wrong, and I'll just put in the wrong buzzer if I am, but um, <laughs> I think the film was made like a year or two years after the book was published. Two. Yeah, two two. years. Um, which is really interesting to think about how an adaptation is meant to yeah. um, iterate on a text and um, and bring it to like like visualize it. Yeah. Um, well, the the okay. Can I tell you about? Maybe I already told you about it, but whatever. I um. So the movie was made two years after. I watched this Q and A with Raquel Welch when she was like, who stars um, as Myra Breckenridge in the film adaptation. Yeah, and then what is it like seventy two? 1970. 1970, okay. Um, and she is, like, talking about it as some, like, film retrospective uh, in 2012 at the Lincoln Centre. Um, and she is saying that, you know, like, it was it was a, an immediate bestseller. Like, this, everyone read this book. Yeah, you know, it was and against all odds as well, against from what I've read. <laughs> all odds. And she said she read the book, and she was like, I have to be a part of this movie adaptation. Wow. Like, I'm desperate. And so someone said, you know, like you know, Doug's going to be directing it. And she went to him and or whoever it was and, and said, um, you know, I think if this if this gay boy wants to be a fabulous movie star, don't you think he would want to look like me? <laughs> oh, I love it's that. It's so amazing. So, it's, it's actually like the somewhat girls thing that we talked about um, exactly a year ago to do with um, being a gay man trapped in a woman's body a woman trapped in a gay man's body. Um, I mean, maybe I'm a gay man trapped in a woman's body. And this, like, weird simpatico mm. that um, Raquel Welch has with a, a dysphoric gay boy. Um, there's something really beautiful about her, <laughs> uh, her kind of uh, knowing her place in that um, aspirational and, um, frankly, transgender... Um, Ideation? Ideation. Or, or fantasy, yeah, fantasy, actually. fantasy. She is T.S. Fantasy. Yeah. Um, and... Which is a part of that, like, um, endless dialogue and back and forth between, like, um, how um, movie stars and transgender women have, like, shaped and reshaped our, um, our current beauty standard and, like, um, transformed our idea of um, triumphant femininity. Mm, mm. Um, there's a little quote... Uh, maybe we could start with from the book. It's actually quite far into the book. 
and she says, I was elated and have not for one moment regretted my decision to be unique, that my plans have lately gone somewhat awry in the sort of risk one must take if life is to be superb. For instance, I had always believed that between the operation on the one hand and the rape of someone like Rusty on the other, I would become woman triumphant, exercising total power over men, as men once exerted that same power over Myron, and still still do over the usual woman. But the very literalness of my victory deprived me of the anticipated glory. Mm, it's so big. Like, it's so big. Because her mission is fucking huge. And, um... And what did... Like, I wish I could find the exact quote, but she's, um... She's... She's on a quest throughout the whole book. And it's... It's psychoanalytic. And it's also... It's, um... It's you know it's anti hegemonic. She's she wants to she wants to get back at the at the patriarchy by 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 through violence through yeah. sexual violence and to like to link it back to what you were raising about Raquel Welch mm. and this kind of um, binary almost of like usual woman triumphant woman this movie star and her um, her relationship to a book that she reads and the kind of um, taste of the taste that she has for revenge Mm. against men Mm. through like um performing in this role Mm. is kind of like linked to the the plight of Myra Breckenridge in the text Mm. I don't know how to articulate it do you know what I mean she she also in this like video that I watched she also is saying one part that she loved um about the book and about the kind of like almost like um you know, psychoanalytic spirit of the book is that it was trying to understand um, masculine, feminine, and understand that in each person. Like, this is Raquel mm. Welch's words. Like, she was like, I love the way it was dealing with, like, masculine and feminine as it exists inside each person. And I learned this new term, I think it's Jungian, um, of anima, and anima being the spirit of those two things inside one person mm. that everyone has and mm. that you are like you know balancing or or i don't know maybe it's not equal at equilibrium and mm. you're fighting or whatever um the tug of war mm. um between uh both <laughs> sides of like, your anima how i like to play you know <laughs> <laughs> so should we maybe give a little um rundown obviously we're like not assuming that you've read this book mm. or that it's um which you should which you definitely should and this is your recommendation um but uh yeah we're compelled to talk about it because we found it fascinating and um and we would like to uh you know claim it as a seminal text in the School of Vanity project. Mm. Um, we haven't done a lot of book uh, no, book reviews so or um, yeah. episodes where we talk about literature. Yeah. Uh, I think the last one we did... Oh, oh, my God. This was such a funny time in Vanity Project's career because Chloe Sevigny was in town and <laughs> we actually got the chance to interview her, but yes. it was quite short-lived because we did actually offend her yeah and she stormed out and we were really worried about i'm still um, so embarrassed about it i was quite embarrassed as well i was she walked out and then we were left with no choice but to do a review of jt Leroy's sarah another book that is definitely a part of our reading list if you haven't read it go back to that episode we swear it's not clickbait like we actually did interview chloe seven and then we did record an episode after it about a book that we didn't 
mention in the copy. So I just feel like we probably maybe you missed that. We if you probably yeah. fumbled that a little bit because right. we right. probably don't know we did that. Um, yeah. In this case, uh, we are not interviewing any celebrities right now. No. Just each other. Yes. About how we feel about this book, and you know what? Maybe one day we will be celebrities. Yes. And someone will invite us onto their podcast. Yes. And humiliate us. Oh. And we and will actually quite like it. And, yeah. Because we're kind of masochistic. <laughs> in and that specific way. Yeah, and Myronesque in that way. <laughs> so Myra, Myra Breckenridge is the narrator of the story and she is... Um, she she's she's gone to hollywood to to mm. kind of like get what's hers from um this acting school essentially mm. and she's you know she has a lot of concerns a lot of concerns about the the state of the world the state of you know art and culture and media and the way that you know kids these days um can only watch tv and only have the attention span for an advertisement Mm. Um, and she long she wishes she wishes she was born in the wrong generation mm. and she misses the the movie stars of the 1940s. Oh, and I think that's what's so enticing about the book when you're first <laughs> reading it is the way that she speaks with such specificity about a time in Hollywood. Um, it's so faggoty, like, Ooh, la, la. And, and that's our first clue. That's that our Myra first clue. is a whole lot of women. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we meet Myra as a widow. Yeah. Her um, late husband. Myron mm. Breckenridge mm. has just passed away. Yes. It is a little weird that but she was married to a man names. with almost the same name. Yeah, but you know, with, you know, it's not an entirely unique situation. Um, That's true. Yeah. Um, th- I also love the bits where she's like, she's like talking about, she's saying like, I've seen every movie between like 1938 and 1946, <laughs> you know, and she's saying as a small girl, I used to yearn for Lana Turner to crush me against her heavy breast murmuring. I love you, Myra, you perfect darling. Fortunately, this lesbian phase passed and my desires were soon centered upon James Craig. <laughs> 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 she kind of goes on. Um, and another another um, thing that she's kind of using to situate the the time and place is um, you know where where we are when it comes to to text she mm. says more than ever I'm convinced that the only useful form left to literature in the post Gutenberg age is the memoir the absolute truth copied precisely from life preferably at the moment it is happening which is also mm. the premise of this is that she's 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 trying to capture it immediately as so it's immediately. happening you're reading diary entries proposed diary entries she quite early on um is talking about the chateau marmont and greta garbo and she goes on to say that um well, she, she does a really funny thing where she says, the window is set in a white wall on which a damp splotch resembles an upside down two-leaf clover or heart or male scrotum as viewed from behind. But no similes. <laughs> she's sort of, she's writing about scrotums and hearts. Yes. And then she says, no similes. I'm done with similes. I'm done with that kind of language. She says, nothing is like anything else. Things are themselves entirely and do mm. not need interpretation only a minimal respect for their precise integrity. Yeah. It's very... Um, um, she's all about integrity. Unique. Yes. You are unique. Yes. And you are you, so follow you. Mm, basically, what we're, what we're hinting towards is this, this is an, you know, overtly and covertly transgender text yep. that is about um, 
is about transgender politics. Mm. And um, and that's really obviously quite exciting to us that Gore Vidal was thinking about um, what it feels like for a girl mm. in 1969. Mm. Um, and I do think the language of the sort of anti-simile that he's establishing for this for this um, character at the very beginning is a way of speaking about gender and the anima mm. that is about individuality and um, uh, yeah and it's it's like it's um, it's sort of introducing this um, gender politic that is going to like really capture your attention throughout the text mm. and that you know that politic is is um too complex for me to articulate right now yeah you which know? is yeah why it kind of like carries through the whole book and is explored through like um her like relationship to media I'm, i found this passage before that i liked um Oh yeah, let's talk about the media. Um, she because we, we make we make media and we respond to media, right? <laughs> she's she's saying like, even before Marshall McLuhan, I was drawn to the grey shadows of the cathode tube, saying that you know she can do TV studies if you like. And now the result of their extraordinary artistry is this new world. Like it or not, we are living in the post Gutenberg and pre apocalypse <laughs> papakalaka. She said, for almost 20 years, the minds of our children have been filled with dreams that will stay with them forever, the way those maddening jingles do. Um, and mm. she she kind of says, like, you know, the the jingle of Rinso White is a theme far more meaningful culturally than all of Stravinsky or even John Cage. And I like to imagine, like, Govidal in the, you know, in, like, the New York art and contemporary dance and music scene that John Cage is operating in and writing this um, character who's kind of like transgressing that all the way to Hollywood as this kind of hotbed for where the like mode of media production, sexuality production, mm, mm, gender production is mm, is taking place. Mm. Um, and she's also speaking about, you know, the dawn of advertising mm. um, in the mid uh, 20th century and the sort of high low um, high low media that um, that's kind of uh, capturing the minds and hearts of young people mm. and, and, and sorry I mean the low low brow um, kind of fascinations that young people have um, which I think is uh, exciting and, and Hollywood has always had that tension within it of like um, being, being highbrow, being the establishment, being um, the kind of uh, institution, as well as the kind of the muck and the trash mm. of of um, of uh, media and art, like video art production. I don't even know what I'm saying, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I think there's something like uh, deeply trashy to to Hollywood cinema yeah. that um that has always fascinated us and that fascinates the fictional Myra Breckenridge mm. so much so that she you know everybody goes to Hollywood <laughs> want to make it in the neighborhood and um and there she goes now where she goes is Buck Loner's Academy of Drama and Modeling this is supposedly <laughs> her late husband's uncle's acting school in yeah. Hollywood now go with us for a second 
her uncle has pr- has um has uh, acquired some of what Myron Breckenridge, the late husband, uh, was entitled to mm. the inheritance, the family. I don't know. <laughs> wealth. Yeah, the family wealth. Yeah. And Myra. The assets. Myra, the, you know, the widow. The lovely Has come widow. to claim her, her share piece. of the pie. Her yes. piece of the pie. Yes. Now, the, basically, the, you know, the, 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 the narrative arc of the film, the text and the film is, um, is Myra going to get her money? You know? <laughs> it's like about, you know, this, it's about like a woman's independence and her totally. right to... Her right to her share. It's like that Rihanna song. Which one? Bitch better have my money. Oh, I was thinking it was like S&M, which it is. <laughs> which also it like... is like that too. <laughs> and so, and so she's kind of, um, through being there and kind of, um, um, ingratiating herself in the student culture. Mm. She, she explores. Right, she becomes a teacher. She becomes a teacher. She becomes a gainfully employed. Gainfully employed. <laughs> I love that expression. That's sort of like you right now. I'm like, it's too gainful and I'm getting scared. <laughs> if my vibe is off, it's because I'm, I you're got another job gains. opportunity. You're, you're scared, scared of your gains. Scared of the gains and what they're going to do to me. You have to embrace the gains. I do, I do, I do. Because it's going to close that perfect psychoanalytic circle of um, projection and desire that, that Myra is exploring through her right. kind of her kind of sexual uh, games and um, right. gainful employment. Yes. And um, so it leads her to a party of sorts. She she's she she's she tries marijuana cigarette for the first time. She's yeah, at a party the 70s. and it's the seventies, so and she and also and, marijuana cigarette. Hilarious. hilarious way to describe it. <laughs> hilarious. And she she says, "Well, I'll go along to your 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 kids' little party." I, these are like students of the modeling and and acting school, drama yes. drama and modeling school. Yes. She says, um, "My grounds, <laughs> my ground rules for the party were respected. I would wear bra and panties unless otherwise inspired to remove them. Inspired <laughs> she, to remove them." And she and she tells this story about. I, I just really love, and I noticed it was, like, so absent from your notes, Charles, which is, like, fine and great, but it just, like, enra- like it just, like, captured my attention so much that I couldn't notice its, like, absence from your notes, is when she, when she starts doing the lesbianism, because she's, like, she's, like, you know, pursuing her, um rape revenge on men she is that's what she's doing but but through you know her desire for men she she goes like all the way she does like a horseshoe Mm. from like gay man to lesbian woman which is really quite quite magical (laughs) do we address the spoiler i don't know like i just don't know if we're supposed to address the like because the problem is that we read the book knowing full well what it was about and we loved it, right? We did. Because we watched the movie and we figured it out very quickly. Um, basically, there is no Myron Breckenridge in the tomb. Like, mm, mm. Myron is alive and he has changed his name to Myra and she is him and he is her. Na, 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 come on! And she's actually going to get her own inheritance from her uncle, mm. Buck Lona. Which, by the way, like, if you if you swap 
Barcelona. If you swap the two letters, it says Luck Bona. I did not. I never would have. just came to me. Yeah, I never would have clapped that. So she goes to teach empathy and posture at the School of Acting. And she is claiming that her husband is dead. But actually, she just took a trip to Denmark. Think the Danish girl. She um, has transformed herself. And she actually used to be a very well-endowed faggot. Oh, we know that he his, his penis was huge. Huge. <laughs> um, and he went and saw a psychoanalyst. Who was also Dr. his... Dr. Montag. Dentist. <laughs> who was also his dentist. And through that... Because health is mental health. <laughs> and um, in seeing Dr. Montag, every Montag, um, he slowly discovered that he was a she. And so the story goes, transition, and now I'm about to, you know, ruin my uncle's life. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know. Like, should I have I spoiled that? But no, I think it's, I think it's, it's sort so of necessary. <laughs> like, because we're going to talk about it. Imagine if you hadn't, if we hadn't disclosed that, like, there would be no Right, so do you think people tell. should disclose when... Oh, I think it's up to personal choice, <laughs> honestly. And the book is all about disclosure, right? Yes, it's it a, is. It's about catching the transgender woman in yeah. her lie. Yeah. In her yeah. lie about ever being married. Mm. In her lie about... Her wid- husband being dead. In her lie about her past. Yeah. Her truth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and so she's at this kind of, like, bisexual orgy party. Mm, yes. And she says, although I am not a lesbian, I do share the normal human response to whatever is attractive physically in either sex. I say normal human response, realizing that our culture has resolutely resisted the idea of bisexuality, which is um, like I had a I had a quote about bisexuality too. Let me go find it. So it. it's like, and then she says, you know, it is it is so Freudian. The um. <laughs> She goes, worse the neo-Freudian rabbis of whom Dr. Montag is still one, despite my efforts at conversion, believe what they call heterosexuality is healthy, that homosexuality is unhealthy, and that bisexuality is a myth, despite their master Freud's tentative conviction that all human beings are attracted to both sexes. Mm, I have this start as well. <laughs> yes. Um. It's really, like... Oh, it's quite fascinating. And then she licks some boobs and... Oh, she licks some boobs, yes. Well, this is, yeah, this is at a time of, like, sexology. Like, we don't really refer to it as sexology anymore. What a shame. um, Which is such a shame because it is really, you know, it is much sexier when we call it sexology. Yeah. You know, luck boner. Um, And... Luck be a boner tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Luck if you ever were a boner to begin with. <laughs> oh, I, I feel every I feel lucky every time I see a boner tonight. Um, <laughs> and then I turn to the page and it says, "So powerful is my grasp." Ooh. So yeah, she meets this couple, this young mm, couple, mm. Rusty and Marianne. Mm. Marianne in the film adaptation is played by Farrah Fawcett. Like before she was famous, like pow. <laughs> Luck be a faucet tonight. Um, and she goes about seducing the two of them yep. separately. And this is, you know, uh, there's all these things at play, right? So she's their teacher. She's their, 
you know, she's their Will Schuster. She's exerting this kind of, like, pornographic fantasy um, student teacher, which actually exists in almost all sexual camaraderie. <laughs> is a student-teacher dynamic. Yes, yes. And... Oh, yes. <laughs> then she's also, you know, exerting a kind of um, feminine dominance. Yeah. When pursuing a man, mm. because remember, this is the 70s, but also when pursuing a woman, because that is, you know, a lesbian thing to for her to be doing, because well, well, she yes. is also a woman. Yeah. Do you think it's always pursuer equals teacher? I want to say no. Because because you want to believe in them. I want to believe that someone's going to teach me and pursue me at the same time. And, but, and, oh, but could it be the opposite? Could you, could they be pursuer student? Yes, I've pursued lots of learning in my years on this planet. It's just such a beautiful thing to, to give. Knowledge is power, you know? Yes. And it's such a, Clearly it's you know that if you're other. listening to us. Yes, comment. Comment if you'd like. If you if like. If you would like us to do a sort of teacher fantasy roleplay on you. Na, 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 come on! Yes, yes. And we could seduce you. Yes, yes. Or if you would like to teach us. You could also try to seduce us. You probably already have. Um, so she's going about seducing these two. She first chooses Rusty yes. as her victim. Yes. Now, he is a victim in this story because he will eventually be raped. Yes. I'm yes. going to put a, I'm sorry. a sad... I might put in the yay. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Yippee! But it's, Yippee! it's like the funniest rape that a story has ever had. It, like, if rape could be funny, it would be this one. Absolutely. Don't believe us? Read it. Yeah, it. It's so, it's so simple. Um, some, now I don't say that lightly. The way that she goes about dominating this man, taking his power, mm. it's actually a global move. When she seduces this, this you know stud as she calls him. Yes. She is doing it for every woman mm. that was ever mm. taken advantage of. In the movie industry. In the smallest way and in the largest, largest way. Yes. Whether they had the smallest breasts or the largest breasts. Yes. She is, um, it's like, it's, it's, um, it's radical feminism at its best. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's, um, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's, I feel like when they were probably marketing the book, they were like, the most shocking twist of all time, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This will provoke you. And it does hurt when it twists ooh, ooh, inside. Ow, 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 ow. And it can be quite shocking when yes. it twists around. Yes, it is <laughs> Ooh. Um and it made me go and um and search control F, you know, sexual persona rape. Yes, true. When I walked into the room <laughs> that we're recording from I looked at Laura's enormously large laptop screen. It is. It does hurt. And it's actually it? looking very highly renovated. Your laptop, and I saw several highlighted words, and then I noticed that they were all the same <laughs> word, <laughs> and that word was rape. Because I, 
um, I knew that it was like somewhere in the oh maybe she even wrote about it there was this, there's this great like it's like LA Review of Books or something um, mm. article that uh, Camille Palio writes about um, Mary Breckenridge the book which is like similar to her introduction but different mm. um, she maybe she writes about it there but writes about like the um, female rapists of 120 Days of Sodom the female rapists of Saad Mm. And so I wanted to find this, um, this little, this, this bit of insight, I guess, um, where she, I don't know, this is like a little bit of, it, it crosses over, but I just kind of want you as the audience to fill in the blanks, you know, do the good work as the student and come back to me, the teacher, cause I'm not going to explain it. This yeah. Time. You need to pursue. The masculinity of Saad's women can be anatomical. Madame de Champville of 120 Days of Sodom and the beautiful nun Madame de Volma of Juliet have three-inch clitorises. Mm. Madame Durand has an obstructed vagina and a clitoris as long as a finger, with which she forces sodomy on women and boys. In these ruthless... uh, Yeah, in these ruthless penetrators, Saad creates a freakish new sexual persona, the female active sodomite. Mm -hmm. Saad and Baudelaire like lesbianism for its aura of the unnatural. Fantastic. The female active sodomite is 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 Myra Breckenridge. Yeah. Which um you know also plays into the kind of um the uh kinky fantasy that's always going to be attached like a low hanging appendage to trans women mm. that is the spectre of Goldick, right? Mm. And the capacity of... So, you know, in, in our wider culture, rape equals penetration, you know, at, at first. Like, at the first vibrational level, when we think about rape, we think about invasion. Um, and, uh, and, of course, you know, there's this, like, misconception that women are incapable of raping someone, which is not true. Mm. Um, and this book denounce like denies that or or calls that into question and um the transgender woman calls that into question in the way that she is vilified and um made monstrous mm. culturally yeah and this is a sardian ide- idea that yeah. you know um which might maybe makes this um book hard to revisit. Sorry, I cut you off. But it, no, it's that's a, so fine. It's a Sardian idea that he's, like, reprising in it and maybe, like, a newer reading of the book is, is um you know, a bit difficult because of the, I guess, like, cultural impact of the, um, of, like, the rape narrative, you know, in the, um, I'm thinking about in the USA, the, um... To do with transgender bathrooms. Yeah, the transgender yeah. bathroom Which debate. Which is totally, so, like... No one's ever explicitly stating that they're afraid of being raped by uh, a transgender woman in the bathroom. Well, at but least, like, it's only happening online, right? Internet. You know, it's, yeah. like, so... Um, but, yeah, just wanted to um, kind of call that into attention for a moment because yeah. it's, like, a, yeah. a, for some reason, a part of popular discourse, which yeah. is so crazy. Like, it's such a... <laughs> yeah, well, it's... it's Fringe, it, like, I don't know, yeah... Yes, totally. And what is interesting about the rape scene in this book is that what what um, what Myra, a transgender woman who has had bottom surgery in Denmark, uses to enact her um, cultural revenge mm. through 
rape revenge um, is the is the unnatural aura of lesbianism to do with toys, the strap, the dildo, and the um, the imitation phallus, which is so fascinating, um, particularly on a transgender woman that you don't actually know yet is a transgender woman. Yeah. Um, phantom limb. It's, it's a phantom <laughs> limb, you know. Um, oh, my God. It um, is just... The it's just so rich with symbolism, right? Because totally. it's about like um castration and penis envy and mm-hmm. the and it also made me think of course of like um literally like Andrea Dworkin. Yeah. And yeah. her book Intercourse in which she says yeah. all heterosexual sex is rape. Yes. Yes. Um and this heterosexual sex is definitely rape, let me tell you that much. I don't know much about heterosexual sex, but let me tell you, I read this book and I read about rape. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so ridiculous. And um, there was one bit in the interview I watched with Rico Welsh at the um, retrospective where she said her favourite part about making the movie was... The costumes. <laughs> she the said costumes. they all hated the movie so much. Govardhan denounced the movie. He hated it. He so wanted sad, his name taken off it. Because I actually love it, and I think you should all watch it. Yeah, me too. And Raquel Welsh hated it. She said she also, you know, had all these things to say about um, how she adored Mae West. But yes, she was, you know, the the legend diva, you know, as, as we know her. And um. And then she said, but the guy, the guy from the costume department, she mentioned his name, the costumer of the film, you know, dressed her in all these fabulous dresses that kind of looked like 1940s cinema, because that's Mm, what this character is mm. so obsessed with, the image of. And then she said, and he kept chasing me around with this box. He kept chasing me around set with Mm. this box. Big pink furry box. And she was like, I'm not going to strap it on. Mark. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> Mark, I'm not going to strap it on. Which, um, imagine, imagine the, oh, imagine the way she would have never had another acting job in Hollywood again if she <laughs> wore a strap on in the movie. And also how, how it, like, how insane that would be to watch. But also that it's the gay man in the costume department that's encouraging the diva to put on the strap. It's about... <laughs> Humiliation, but who is being humiliated? Who wants the humiliation? Who's running from it and who's chasing? Um, I have a chapter open, <laughs> chapter 22, mm. one of my favourites. Now, the mm. great thing about this book and the reason why I encourage you to read it, even if you're not much of a reader, is that it is so easy to read because so many chapters are so brief. Mm. It's so bite-sized. Mm. And um, <laughs> this is... in this chapter, she talks about Men Ooh. who've been bitten. Ooh. Bitten with the original rape, which is circumcision. <laughs> Just as I expected, 72% of the male students are circumcised. <laughs> now, has your teacher ever fantasized about your circumcision? Well, this teacher does. She ends the chapter saying, I was not able to find Rusty. This is her victim. I was not able to find Rusty's medical report. And so, do not know whether or not he has been circumcised. I hope not, for I prefer the penis intact, in order that it be raped, not by impersonal surgery, but by me. 
Mm. It's this chapter is like massive. Okay, <laughs> this is awesome. and it's only one page, you know. <laughs> um, she's also saying she's saying some crazy shit, like you know, like she's you know thinking about like who who in America is circumcised and why are those people circumcised? Uh, why why are they circumcised? And she says, but, which um, is something I'm really excited to find out on our holiday mm. in a few weeks. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Um, and I can't wait for you to be the teacher to teach <laughs> your findings. Um, and she findings. says, <laughs> until the 40s, only upper or educated classes were circumcised in America. Right. The real people were spared this humiliation. And then yes. later on the real. next page, she says, um, she says, you know, there's, it's so sinister, like it's so bad. Um, Hilarious. It's, uh, and, you know, the fact that um, with the foreskin's removal, up to 50% of sensation of the glands penis is reduced, a condition no doubt as pleasing to the Puritan American mother, you know, as it wow. is to, you know, the, the doctor circumcising him. And this is once again to do with sexology. Yeah. The dawn of um, uh, a kind of greater knowledge about sexual pleasure, the creation of new sex objects, mm. the um, investigation into sexuality and its um, devices and its divisiveness. Um, this is why this book mm. had to exist at this time, because yeah. people were starting to spread the word that the men, you know, who were yeah. not so real in that they had been violated... <gasps> As little boys, they were not in, in t- uh, intact. Is they just the intact. funniest they way. They were to not put intact. It. Laura, are you intact? <laughs> <laughs> Until I go to the United States. Yes. Um, I, I, I wonder. You know, um, do we have a duty? As you know, I had to make a disclaimer about transgender rape before. Do we have a oh, duty? Did we make as, a disclaimer? <laughs> as Vanity Project, you oh. know, to have a statement or about circumcision, about circumcision. are we for or against? Yeah. Do we have to That's say? That's a really important and what, question. And what does this? What does our reading of this say? Can we remain neutral on mm. on mm. the point of circumcision? Well, look, I think uh, your silence on circumcision will never protect you. Um, I, I believe in the monstrosity of the, um, of the uncircumcised penis and the beauty of that monstrosity. I also, um, wholeheartedly agree with Myra Breckenridge that we should not be, um, you know, taking from little boys. It's, um, yeah. I also feel that there's a conversation that needs to be had about men's genital hygiene mm. that, um, mm-hmm. that so often gets lost in light of yeah, I can the sort see, of li- I, religious... I can see the word smegma on the page. Oh, yeah. the word smegma is on the page. My mistake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, our, like our bestie um, Joel said to us um, <laughs> about circumcision oh. that a family member, a little family member, God rest his soul, was... Well, he didn't die. <laughs> Some skin on the end of his penis did die. Unique. Shortly after being removed, <laughs> and he was not no longer intact. And Joel was incensed to know that that had happened to um, that little boy. And <laughs> and in response, in retaliation to Joel's protestation, um, the grandmother said, "Well, he would like to be like his father. Surely, no. Um, I think there's, you know, some serious." Um, 
damage that has been done mm. culturally mm. to the mm. penis. Um, and the penis has done some damage too. This a reminder. Look, the penis is not <laughs> infallible. It's infallible. Not. Uh, the phallus is not infallible. The phallus is, you know, is fallible. Is, is fallible and has done many crimes, <laughs> like the rape we were talking about before. Um, <laughs> what is my statement on circumcision? I say it says it sounds like against. If I, I could, would if say I I'm could. probably against. Yeah. How about yeah. you? Yeah, me too. So that's a unanimous against. So it's, it's a vanity project. Vanity project would like to announce that um, this from here on out we will no longer condone <laughs> nor accept the circumcision of young uh, boy identifying children. Um, we would like you to leave the end of the skin that yes. is on the end yes. of their penis yes. intact. Yes. So that. When they become of legal age. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> we? <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to be the teachers <laughs> at university. <laughs> Not after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's okay. They're fictional children that I imagined. Oh, I saw things I imagined. <laughs> Oh, imagined foreskins. Ooh. It's like it's like imagined the communities. communities. <laughs> <laughs> you know that seminal text. Ooh. Okay, let's definitely Ooh. move on from that. Okay, yeah, I feel like we've said our bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the bit, yeah, the bit was cut oh. off unfortunately. So let's talk about Letitia. Letitia <laughs> <laughs> played by Mae West in the film. She also like in the I feel like in the book the vibe from her that I, the okay Mae West in the movie. Hilarical. Every Amazing. time that she's on screen, like, I am, you know, ooh, holding myself together, like, about to be torn apart by the laughter. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's actually an incredible performance. Yeah. I, only trumped by her performance a few years later in the last film she ever made, Sextet, which I also implore you to watch because <laughs> that one is a trip. Yeah, I would need to see it. I haven't seen it. Um, I I can't wait to watch. Um, and I'm yeah, wow. Her sexual power is not to be underestimated, but it also like is confusing because she's this like tiny kind of bizarre looking little woman. old woman. Yeah, <laughs> little old Who's woman. Who's horny? Who's horny, horny, horny? But For I kind studs. of don't. I kind of don't like doubt it. Like it's no. it's very real. It's very real. But when you have some distance from it, you're like. What was that? Like it is such a it's like you're walking out of it being like, Oh my god, you know? Yeah, 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 totally. And um she She plays a casting agent. Yeah, and so she's it's like her casting couch, you know? Yeah. It's like Totally, totally. It is the casting couch. Like I think the first scene we encounter in I might be wrong, I'll put the wrong clack sound on it. <laughs> um, if I am. She walks into a room full of studs, full mm. of men that are mm. lining her office hallway waiting mm. for their chance to be interviewed by Letitia and she's flirting with them and it sort of it brings to mind a sort of sexual predator in Hollywood that you know is connected to rape culture at large but yeah. also Hollywood culture and the ways in which the film industry through you know modeling acting casting pornography yeah all of these like realms and dialects of um like media production or media like production, production um conversate around they conversate around yeah uh, you know around like the couch, looking people around, up and down and around, kind yeah. of getting them to undress and asking mm. them 
you know, if they're cut or uncut or intact. Yeah. And um, and she plays like a like a horny old lady that yeah. is. She's casting for the movie, for some movie, for something. Mm. She'll probably be casting, you know, some, a wide it, net. Some fallible cock. <laughs> fallible <laughs> uncut cock for and, her bedroom. And, <laughs> um, and also what we're watching a lot of is this, or what we're reading a lot of, sorry, it's a book before it's a movie, is the relationship between the, like, the school, pedagogy, um, the institution where people learn how to become an actor, mm. which is hilarious because, as we know, you don't need to study no. the school of acting no. to become an actor. Yeah. School of hard knocks. School of hot cocks. School of hot cocks. Um, as much as Lady Gaga would want you to think that, you know, Stanislavski is um, at the centre of uh, every actor's pedagogy and practice, um, mm. it's just, quite frankly, not that deep um, mm. and doesn't have to be. And what we're looking at is the sort of uh, industry relationship yeah. between the casting agent and the institution that brings up these, like, you know, untalented virgins mm. and turns them into Cultural virgins, immortal if you Hollywood stars. Infallible. Infallible, immortal, uncut. Thank God. Preferably. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then the relationship between... It's kind of like grooming, right? Because... Oh, it's totally oh, like and grooming. And it's like um, so, uh, grooming and soliciting and... Yes. What's that other word? Uh, procuring. Procuring. Because Myra's kind of doing procuring for Letitia. Yes, she is. She is. Because actually, I just turned to this page and she says that her job what she would be expected to do, Myra would be expected to supply Letitia with studs. Wow. It's a Glenn Jeffrey yeah. romance for the ages. Yeah. Sometimes I wish I had someone to supply me with studs. You've right? asked me to. <laughs> You've asked me. I don't think it's so wrong. The problem is I'm I'm more of a Letitia than a Myra. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to leave That's that for true, you to respond that... to. Well, yeah. And I've I've been the Myra for quite a while now. <laughs> so I think it's only fair. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. That, um, that the turn tape We switch positions. Yeah. Between teacher and student. Right. Yep. I'll get on top finally. Um, um, where do we go? Where do we go well, from here? Okay, what do you want to talk like about? I kind of, I kind of want to talk about the rape. But maybe not. Maybe we've belaboured the rape. Is there such a thing? I don't know. It's really hard to know. Basically, I I was I was sitting next to you while I read it. I was being so obnoxious. I was doing oh my god, I can't. Yeah. I was doing gasping. Yeah. And we were Andrew Boyd Charlton, but but that's what it did to me. Talk about intact. <laughs> Andrew, I miss it there. Andrew Boy Charlton. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I Hello. Was, I was just a boy when they cut off my Charlton. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We could do a survey there for Look sure. At generate. Yes. <laughs> yes, we could. I didn't know you would be into that. I don't. Nothing's off the table for me these right, days. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Except for the penis off the, off the chopping block on the table. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> Okay, you know what's the that. what's the phrase that's like by the skin of my teeth? You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> wow, wow, that conjures an image. <laughs> <laughs> um, can we talk about the ending? 
Oh, the ending is sad to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The so the, ending the is book sad and the, to me. The book and the film are really different. And while yeah. I was reading the book, I was like, oh my God, Laura, we were walking away from Little Kong Wong. It's all, it all, you know, it all works. Yeah. And we were walking talk away from... Talk about procurement. Talk about <laughs> procurement. Um, <laughs> I work in mergers and acquisitions and she works in... Research and development. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's all about your new job. Um, oh. <laughs> um, so we're walking away from Little Kong Wong and I'm saying to Laura, like, Laura, I can't believe how fucking funny this book is. Like, I'm... Mm. I'm <laughs> bowl every time I open <laughs> up, turn the page, you know? Yes. Just yes. can't stop yes. wetting myself reading it. Yeah. And she goes, well, you know, the book is very different to the movie. And I thought, oh, now how so? And I think what you might have been referring to, correct me if I'm wrong, mm. is... The dramatic ending. Yeah. There's a large part on the end of the book that has been cut off, much like... Oh, the large part of Myron. (laughs) That was was cut off in Denmark. Denmark. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Oh, it just entertains me. It really does. Mm. Well, yeah, it's quite sad. I mean, I guess the movie ending's a bit sadder, but I mean... Is it? I don't really remember how many I don't really... Oh, well, it was all a dream in the movie. Really? Yeah, which is fucked, in my opinion. Wow. I mean, for me, this was a dream. I mean... When I pick up this book and I look at it, I think, that was a dream. Yeah, this was a dream dream for me. This was a dream (laughs) for me, for sure. For sure. Now, what... Now, what happened... Now, what's so sad to me... Okay. ...is the fact that... She had, you know, she... And also, there's, like, the w- the way that she talks about Myron's sex life is hilarious. Like, so she's, fucking she's, funny. She's kind of saying, you know, like, oh, you know, my husband, you know, his cock was huge. My promiscuous and, gay husband with the huge wiener. And he loved getting fucked by straight men, you know. He, yeah. Gay men didn't couldn't even do it for him. Yeah. Like, he loved, like, just getting fucking... And it was very, like, Nicki Minaj, like, if he can't fuck five times yeah. a night, peace. Peace. Like, it was something... I, rem- I remember something about like, it being insatiable. like he had sex ten times a day. Yeah, yeah. Ins- which apparently was what Gore Vidal's life was like. Like, he saw himself as, like, really quite dysfunctional. And right. He, he was addicted. He, he was, was quite ad- addicting he was to quite the dick. Addicting. <laughs> <laughs> he was quite addicting. Yes. 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 Quite I'm addicting. so sorry you know, to hear that. Fallible. You know, every, he's fallible. <laughs> Highly fallible. So many of us are. Nah, 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 come on! And, um... You know, extreme kind of sexual hunger as right. as Hung- Myron. Hungry. Yes. Hungry. <laughs> hungry. A thirst. Yes. Unquenchable. Yes. And then, you know, Myra's kind of goal as uh, a woman is, um, you know, to, to rape a stud, to kind of get her sexual revenge on the patriarchy, and then in turn to seduce his girlfriend because being a transgender lesbian is so, like full circle and kind of like completing this like you know desire cycle that it's Mm. like almost like enlightenment when when it's done but right but then the problem is that there's this there's this really quite tragic moment where you know she suffers from a maybe intentional car crash yeah there's a car crash she becomes a victim she becomes a victim which the victor becomes a victim yes which honestly it's just occurring to me now is so Caitlyn Jenner <laughs> to be a transgender woman in a car crash. Transgender lesbian. Car transgender crash. lesbian in a car crash. Why do I keep forgetting oh the God. lesbian? Part? I don't know. I don't know. You love to forget. And then he, and then she, um, 
this like detransition baby on the yeah on the hospital gurney because yeah. she stops taking the moans. She stopped stopped taking the moans, and, and then, then she was like forcibly. It's quite her, violent. And then her she breasts was forcibly. It's not mammogram. It's mu- mutilated. What's that called? Mesec- double mastectomy. Mesectomy. She was mastectomized, and then. She because her silicon breast implants became dangerous to her after the car crash. They like yeah, exploded which like, into her body. How did which is kind Gouverdel of like Nicki Minaj's know. ass implant, right? Right. It's, that's what's made her so insane. Right, and then and then also obviously like rape and grooming yeah. also are words that are used in to, relation to, to describe Nicki, Nicki Minaj in the twenty twenty first century. Yes. Um, yes. What's fascinating is she uh reverts back to her life mm. as myron well yes but but and then explicitly as a eunuch yes well that's the other thing is that they don't they don't manage to give myron back his his you know abnorm- marvelous abnormally, abnormally large, large uh, uh, intact uh, uh, no circumcised appendage mm. and then there's sort of like a culpability that's um, addressed talking about Rusty Godowski Rusty, who, Rusty Godowski who actually there's some really funny bits in the last few chapters where Rusty is procured oh. by Myra and given and delivered to Letitia yeah and then we discover that Letitia and Rusty have developed quite a crazy and rough oh my god sex it's freaking me out thinking about it and it's obviously <laughs> it's obviously um symptomized or like um it's like pathologized it's pathologized and treated as a symptom of the um the, the, the way rape. in which Myra rapes Rusty and Rusty then goes about um having this like really violent um sex with Letitia mm. that is like quite scary to read about and Letitia is like no you don't understand I love it it's so good for she's me. obsessed she's obsessed and she can't get enough and then we find out in the final chapter that he's now a complete homosexual for which Myra feels a certain degree of responsibility and guilt. Oh my God, why did I miss that? I didn't even... Because then there's this other bit where she's talking about... She's like teasing Rusty before she rapes him. And she's like out at dinner with... Um, um, what's her name? Marianne. Yeah. Cause, cause then when she's a eunuch, Marianne like loved Myra. Yeah. But Marianne was like, you know, I'm not a lesbian yeah. or whatever, but like, you know, like I would, but I like, maybe I would turn for you or like, maybe yeah. if you were like a man, like I would be in love with you. Like doing like this kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's right? very like that. And then, um, and then they get together when Myra, Myron becomes like the eunuch. Well, they had sort of been, um been doing this like lights off type of mm. cuddling mm-hmm. sort of <laughs> lesbian-esque but like yeah in the dark type type vibe. seduction and but and what Myra is slowly coming to terms with is the fact that she feels like amorous amorous boots. gentle feelings yeah for Marianne sweet, quite sweet love it's it's really quite fascinating the way that Gore Vidal investigates this like um this sexual persona that can exist within one person. So, so yes, we are, we are, we hold within us the Jungian anima of both male and female, masculine and, and feminine. And but we also like hold within us a bisexual, a violence and a oh, gen, you know, gentleness. Yeah, that we um, that can be brought out mm. at different times with different people. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, and mm, teacher um, and student, mm. teacher and student. It's 
it's it's just fantastic. Yeah, it is great. It is great, and it's so you know Freud. Everyone's bisexual. It's mm, so except um, for me. Yeah, famously, and she's saying to Rusty at dinner table, um, at the dinner table, but to be truly happy, I think you must both begin to think a little bit about changing your sexual attitudes, becoming more open, less limited, abandoning old-fashioned stereotypes of what is manly and what is feminine. Mm. As it is, if you, Rusty, should ever find a boy sexually interesting, you might or might not do something about it. But whatever you did do or did not do... You'd certainly feel guilty because you have been taught that to be a man is to be physically strong, self-reliant, a lover of girls, one mm. at a time. Um, and I like that she's kind of she will kind of definitely pushing this kind of um, this uh, agenda of uh, I don't know what it is like question everything or mm. or um, I guess manipulate and um explore the potential sexual power of i don't know non-normativity or to understand that non-normativity inside one person's like psyche you know what i mean and accept it as the truth Mm. um without needing to change it or um remold oneself Mm. Mm. um yeah she really speaks of like almost this um it's like it is like revelations (laughs) end of the world yes um our end is now at hand through war and famine and the physical decadence of a race whose extinction is not only inevitable but to my mind desirable for after me what new turn can the human take Once I have comprehended the last mystery, I shall be free to go without protest, full of wisdom, into night, happy in the knowledge that, above all men, I existed totally. Mm. Let the dust take me when the adventure's done, and I shall make the dust glitter for all eternity with my marvellous fury. (laughs) Meanwhile, I must change the last generation of man. I must bring back Eden, and now I am certain... For if there is a god in the human scale, I am she. It's huge. It's such a powerful closing comment, but I'll just bring up one more thing which changed my worldview. Yeah. Which I've just remembered, which is that one time Gigi Gorgeous said... Wow. Gigi Gorgeous, wow. I have been every letter of LGBT. Yes. (laughs) There is no more letters. For if there is a god in the human scale, she is she. She is her. I am she. My pronouns are she, her. Let's seal it with a loving kiss. Mwah. Take it away.